Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You bought the house in 2005. I can't help but notice that I am in 2017. What has happened in the last, what is it? I've been suing the builder for 11 years. Yeah. Well, you sue very slowly. This is the plaintiff, Joan Fiumara. She says she and the defendant and another neighbor share a private roadway between their houses, and the pavement was crumbling and it needed to be repaired. She hired the contractor, got an amazing price. Her other neighbor paid their portion, but the defendant's being a real baby about things and won't pay up. The defendant uses the road every day. She's owed $1,233 for the repairs and is suing for just that today. This is the defendant, Michael. He says the plaintiff's claiming they all agreed to do repairs to a common road they share. But he doesn't know who they all means because he never agreed to pay for anything. The plaintiff asked him to share the costs associated with this road and he declined. This woman's always looking for other people to pay for her repairs and isn't about to be bullied by the likes of her court or no court. He's accused of not sharing. All parties, please get your audience. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. You see it? Come to order, please. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Joan Fiumara? Yes. You are suing Michael. You've asked us not to use your last name. Yes. For uh, one third his share, according to you, of road repairs that were necessary to roads that three houses used to get in. Yes. Um, we have a, a sketch you. that's up here. Can you come up here a second and tell me if that looks accurate? Come all the way up. All right. Okay, Would yes. You, so that's the road called Rustic Road. Yes. Okay. Your house is the first house. Yes. Who lives in the second house? That's Monica. Okay. Your house faces which way? Rustic Road. Can you get in from Rustic Road? Yes, I can. I have my own private driveway. Okay. And there's the shared road that takes me around the back. And so you, so you also you can get in two ways to your place. Yes. And that's what you do. You you usually come in this way. And then the second house who are your fr whoever those folks are we'll just call them the second house your neighbors yes. the neighbors come in and this is their driveway yes okay then according to you the defendant comes in that same road and his driveway's here that's just what i need to okay so i've got the lay of the land you can go ahead and go back when did you buy the house uh, i closed in 2005 and in 2005 when you closed were you the first owner Yes, it was new construction. And how about you? Is that the same? No, I, uh, my husband and I bought it 
from the owner in 2002 with the agreement to sell off the property to the contractor and then he could build the houses. That was the only way we could buy our home. So he sells you that home in 2002 saying to you that you must what? On the condition that you what? We must abide by his agreement with the builder to sell off that back property to the builder. So technically speaking, you bought the whole thing, but yes. then so, but it was already in place that you sell off the bill. Okay. Yes. When you sold it, were there ever any easements recorded with the land? Not to my knowledge. All right. And then what was the idea with that access road when the builder built it? Who's going to use what? See, you know, there are consequences okay. to not having things in in writing on deeds about, you know. Correct. Right. Somebody made a mistake. Oh, you the think? Builder All, right. Or, or, All right. So right. somebody makes a mistake and does what? Sells that off to neighbor and to him. Do you, do you have your deed with you? Yes. Let me, can I see it? Does it sure. have any easement? There's no easement. Well, no. I would really be heard. Her and the other properties whose deeds would have the easement, you're the beneficiary of an easement because you are driving on that road. By the way, that road is not a, a city road, county road. No. That is a privately held yes. road. All right, and you can't get to your house. Your house is landlocked. Well, that's because the builder breached my contract and didn't install my driveway. Tell me about that. Uh, it was two separate sales recorded by the town. And then uh, I know myself, I don't play well with others. And when I first met with the builder, I said to him, where will my driveway be? And he showed me the survey that he had. Okay, now, that, do you have the survey that he gave you? I have the survey that I received at closing. Okay, uh, is this it? Yes. Okay, so the idea was that there were gonna be two roads. Two driveways. Two, not driveways. Road, two driveways. Two driveways, not two roads. And the driveways, it would be divided right here. This is how it's supposed to go down, right? That there would be a divided. Yes, a fence. Right, and then you would be able to take your car here and go in and just have your own business. Exactly. And then this place would be able to take their car here and have their own business, and neither one of you care necessarily. Well, they might care, but they all get along. You're the only one who can't play well with others. Uh, <laughs> she can either come into her house here or come into her house there, but it's not your problem because you were supposed to have this road. That is what you are saying. Yes. Okay. You bought the house in 2005. I can't help but notice that I am in 2017. What has happened in the last, what I've is it? I've been suing the builder for yeah. 11 years. Yeah. Well, you sue very slowly. Well... What does that mean? When did you file a case? I filed a case in 2006. And that case is still pending? Well, in 2014, after the fifth or sixth judge was assigned, he issued a court order. Always blaming us. <laughs> no, you're right to blame us. So, after six years of litigation or more, what happened with you? Uh, the sixth, sixth judge was assigned to the case, and he came in, first day, he was there, put us all in the room and said, come up with a settlement and you're not leaving until you do. To be clear, what we're talking about is ripping out all those trees and building a driveway, according to you. What's the big deal? How big are these trees? Well, how big were they in 2006? Well, mm -hmm. they're, they're 100 feet easy. What's in front of me now is you for the last how many years? 12 years using someone else's driveway. And at some point, you guys decide that there's damage. Why? How do you know that there was damage? You oh. went to the, the city, actually. There was, there was potholes and cracks. So what happened, I had been having, I had a contractor at my house. He was going to be redoing my own private driveway, which is quite large. If you look at the picture. I think, don't care. Go on. Okay. 
his men were going to be there anyway. So I asked him. I said, listen. Can you give us could, a good price? Exactly. And he gave you a good price. <laughs> what was the price he gave you? The total price with filling in four potholes, regrading, uh, removing, and repaving a portion of the road. Asphalt, right? Yes. Okay. Was three thousand seven hundred dollars. Right, so he gives a price of three thousand dollars, and then what happens? I had sent them a letter. I sent Michael a letter with the enclosed uh, estimate. Michael had, in the meantime, sent me a letter that I think he was kind of angry. Saying what? Saying he he thought it was unfair. Um, the second house uses the road. He didn't want to have to pay anything yes, to repair he a road he's all... been using for free for how many years? For uh, 12 Got it. Okay, so now, years. at some point, you run into him, and he has some builders with him. At the and end, when, And they say before. that they would charge how much to get the 18, work done? $18,000. Oh, and that happened same... right in front of him? Yes. And, and did you and mention? Wow, that $3,000 is looking mighty good right now, ain't well, it? Well, I said to him, Mike, what do you think now? He had said to me, well, I'm going to see a client this afternoon, and I'll have the money. I said, so we, we're good then? He said, yes. Did that and I happen? walked into Not my house. Not a word of it. Not a word of it. Did you ever tell her, okay, 3000 sounds good? No. Let me ask you a question. You end up in court recently against her, right? Yes. Why? Because she blocked me. How did she block you? She parked her van across the middle person's property to block me access. <laughs> I wanted my money, Your Honor, and I didn't know oh, how. Oh, honey, you have no idea how much I love that. <laughs> so you park your van. How big is your van? All the way? Oh, it's a big, 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 big van. Okay, so you park your van, and it has a sign on it, right? Yes. yes. What's the sign say? Uh, I think it was closed till further notice. <laughs> but I also gave him a letter saying... And you wanted your money because what you're saying... What ends up happening is the repair gets done, the neighbor pays their third, you pay your third, he doesn't pay his, you have to pay his third. So you tell him, I need the $1,233, and you never see it. That's when you put the van out there. Yes. So then you file a case in court. Did you have a lawyer? Yes. How much is a lawyer charging? Uh, we have an arrangement. What does that mean? I do his accounting. He does my legal. So he didn't charge you anything. In any event, so your lawyer friend goes, because after all you've done is accounting work, and he goes, uh, do you have a picture of the van in the driveway, either of you? Yes. Oh, can I see it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got it. Do you have a close-up with the sign, you say? Yes, yeah, swipe it. Road closed <laughs> till further notice. Oh, I am loving that. She's that by just owner, but she's not the owner. I am the owner. Of the van? Yes. I don't think that's what he meant. I'm, he oh. means of the road. <laughs> oh. Welcome back to the People's Court and Harvey Levin here. Why do neighbors feud and fight so much? You just got to have beef with someone, I guess. Is that right? So why do you choose a neighbor? Um, because they're right next door to you. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's convenient. I get that. But why, why are they, they fight over fences? They fight over noise. They fight over all sorts of stuff. Why? They're unhappy with their lives. That's just what it is. <laughs> They're just sad, miserable people. Pretty much. Well, that would be everybody who lives in a home. Yep. Okay. Going inside the courtroom. All right. So you guys end up settling it that you're that what that you're going to move the truck and what? I was told the settlement was they agreed not to block me again. That's okay. It. All right. So now you filed this lawsuit, which is saying, Judge. 
He uses this road, and we feel that he should have to abide by, you know, the repairs of maintaining this road, because the road is going to need maintenance. Yes. All right, now, your answer to that is what? I don't have an easement, you know, there's no easement. What is your answer? I'm trying to well, figure it out. I had a few answers. Uh, she doesn't own the property. Okay. And she included me in a contract I still today haven't seen. And also, whatever was done wasn't even within 250 feet of my house. It stopped by the middle house. But you use it, don't you? You drive over what was done. Probably, yeah, three or four times a month. I don't care how many times you leave your house. It's the only way to get in and out of your house. But, it's important enough to you for you to go to court to get a temporary restraining order to move the truck and to have litigation over this. So it's important to you, because otherwise, you're landlocked. And the irony is, this is what we call in the eyes of the law an easement by necessity, because we, we don't want people who are landlocked to die and wither and no <laughs> one can get their stinking bodies. But I'm not even sure it's that, because truly, you have a road that you, that's supposed to be your driveway you precipitously closed on your property without making the guy finish his work. You know, you could dig into your own pocket, remove the trees, pave your own driveway since you don't play well with others, but that'll cost you like a good, what, 20 grand or something? 75. 75 grand. And there's another problem grand. with that the builder created. He put a utility pole right I don't in care the, about your other problems. Yeah. I no, care about I'm this that problem. The neighbor no, in the middle you're kind of, you have a problem that you don't have the funds to fix. You have litigation, and it takes 12 years. I don't know why. Probably because you're not paying your lawyer and he's your friend. I don't know. But 12 years. And you don't have a pressing need because you're using somebody else's driveway. When do you have to attend to your problem that you shouldn't have closed until... Because I got to imagine those trees were smaller back then than they are now, okay? When is it your problem and not other people's? Well, let me take care of this lawsuit instantly. If what you have is an easement by necessity, and in an easement by necessity, everybody's got a share in the problem. So you, you'd be paying your share, all right? So that's one. But what you and your neighbor have is a right to block him from the easement by necessity. You're here on what you say is his benign neglect and saying, yeah, yeah, all right, and then saying, well, you know what? I don't want to pay for it. That's what you're here on. I'm going to rule on what's happening here today. But what you need to do and your neighbor needs to do is send him notice that he doesn't have an easement by necessity anymore and that he needs to take care of his own business and put his road back on his road. See, it'll cost him too much, so he doesn't want to do it. But you guys have the right to make him do it. And that's what you should do. In the world of poetic justice, you put that $75,000 problem back on Michael's lap and make that his problem. That's what you do, but that's a whole other lawsuit. Another day for another judge, because mm. this judge is making you pay your fair share of what you have been using without any right. $1,233, verdict for the plaintiff, plus your court costs. Thank you very much, Joanna. Well, Michael, the defendants just come out of the, you're smiling, but are you really smiling on the inside? Well, she yeah, gave the like plaintiff that. clear instructions on what to do to force you to build your own driveway and spend $75,000, maybe more, right? Well, that's why I'm waiting for the builder to do it, because he's paying. You, well, you, you can't keep doing this. They're going to, if she follows the judge's advice, you're well, going to be blocked from reaching She won the war, but she'll lose the battle. 
You think so? Yeah. You think she'll lose the bottle? She won here. Yeah, what makes she, you think she'll lose elsewhere? Because uh, the way the property's divided, yeah. when I put up a fence, it's not going to be wide enough for her to drive through. Well, good luck. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thank you very much. Here comes the plaintiff. What do you think? I'm very pleased that the judge came to her decision in my favor. Are you listening to her advice? You're going to do what I'm she I'm going to give it my best shot. You know, I get along with all the neighbors. Except so him. It's Except not that I don't get along with him. He's not a happy man. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, you got some good advice on how to force him to fix his yes, driveway. Yes, and I will take that up with the center lot. Good for you. House. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very, very well. <laughs> Harvey, she got some great advice. What do you think? Okay, Doug, so if you have a common driveway and you have a fence in the middle or whatever on the property line and it's a common fence, both sides have an equal duty to repair it, to maintain it. If one side says, I'm just not going to do it, and it's a reasonable repair that has to be made, the other person or one of them can say, look, I'm going to pay for the whole thing, then you sue them for half. And if you're reasonable, you'll get the money. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. These are the plaintiffs, Joseph and Catherine Granite. Joseph says he and his wife purchased a Rhodesian Ridgeback puppy from the defendant, and the louse knowingly sold him a defective dog. That's right. He has clear and hard evidence the defendant knew the dog was not in impeccable health as advertised. And they're suing for the $5,000 it's now costing him to get the puppy healthy again. This is the defendant, Dean Borelli. He says he gets all his puppies checked by the vet before he sells them. And there's nothing in writing claiming the puppy named Juno he sold the plaintiffs wasn't 100% healthy. The plaintiff claims the puppy has an overbite, and three days after the sale, he demanded all his money back and wanted to also keep the dog. He said he'd replace the dog with a new one since it was only three days. The plaintiff refused, so here they are. He's accused of unloading a poor puppy. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff bought a Rhodesian Ridgeback from the defendant, says dog had all sorts of problems and the defendant knew it. But the defendant says, as far as he knew, the dog was good to go. It's the case of one sick puppy. Americans have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. Mr. and Mrs. Granite, you are suing uh, Dean Barilli and Pula's Pride Ridgebacks uh, for $5,000. According to you, you're actually out more than that because he sold you a puppy that was unfit for sale. Talk to me, tell me about it. So two days before Christmas, we did purchase a Rhodesian Ridgeback from Mr. Borelli. Is that the puppy? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. This is Juno. Okay. Um, three days later, we took her to our own vet and we were notified that she did have an overbite and that we should seek a specialist attention to address it. Um, at that point, my husband here spoke with Mr. Borelli and informed him Tell me about the your issue. conversation with Mr. Borelli. Uh, so I gave him a phone call just to uh, let him know that uh, the vet had told us about the dog. And um, <clears throat> it was pretty brief. Uh, he seemed to be in a bit of a rush. So we just discussed, of, like, I was very unfamiliar with uh, the, the type of thing she was suffering from. So uh, I just told him, like, this is what the doctor told us. And he just kind of shrugged it off. He said, it's no big deal. Um, don't worry about it. You know, sometimes that happens. They can grow out of it. Uh, I had to take his advice at that point in time until we spoke to a specialist. Uh, so you went on. to the specialist, and what did the specialist tell you? The specialist did, in fact, confirm she had a severe overbite that needed to be addressed, and the way they wanted to address it was to remove her lower canines. 
Okay. She said that needs to be done very quickly. We had that surgery about four days later. And that cost you what? $700. You are also suing for the cost of the dog and a surgery that that surgeon says is going to have to be necessary? Yes. Or might be necessary? Will be necessary. It will be necessary. Yes. All right. Do you have the paperwork from that surgeon? Yes. So once you reach out to the um, specialist and you realize that the dog is going to need surgery, what do you guys do? Do you call him back? We do. How many days after you bought the puppy? Yeah, it was probably about a week or so. Mm -hmm. Right, and then what happens? Uh, Who calls? Well, I called. Mm -hmm. I called him back because I had called the uh, his doctor that he used that the puppy saw before we purchased her, and they let me know that the file that they had on report for her was that she had an overbite. So do you have that file? They wouldn't release it to me. She said. I think that it's best that you guys figure this out. I do not want to be in the middle Caught of this. Caught in the middle? So right. I said, What's going okay. on, Mr. Barilli? Why don't you tell us? Okay, well, when I did receive that phone call from the plaintiff, they, first of all, he was irate. He had prepared and already previously had called my vet um, and berated him for not having the proper paperwork. Um, what do you mean berated him for not having the paperwork? He basically was upset that there was the paperwork that I provide that comes from my vet that indicates that the puppies are in good health. And that's what I go So in other of. words, your vet tells them that the puppy has an overbite but doesn't put it in the paperwork? All the paperwork to me I get before they speak to them. So when I sell them the puppy, no, no, they right. get that's the paperwork. That's not my point. My, my point is your vet needs berating. That's my point. Because if what you're saying is that the vet did tell them that the puppy, look, the puppy's not happy with it. <laughs> if you're telling me the vet told him, yeah, I told him that he had an overbite. If that's a something that's worth telling, then it should be in the paperwork. It absolutely should right? be. Right? Absolutely. Okay. But it, but so according to you, the paperwork you get and that you give to them doesn't have anything about the overbite. But he says he told you, did he tell you? No, he did not. So when you hear from them and they tell you this, what do you say? I say I have a remedy if they don't if they don't want to have the dog any longer. They've had the dog for three days. In my agreement that we have, if there's a congenital defect, that I'll replace their puppy for them. And he said, no, it's you know like we're kind of you know, attached. Well, what does to the, the law dog. say you have to do if people don't want to replace a puppy? <clears throat> I mean, I realize that you feel like three days isn't a lot of days to bond, but you don't know. I mean, you could let's love at first sight. You don't, you know. Obviously, otherwise they'd say, yeah, take this defective puppy. I'm not spending seven. You know, that's not how they felt. They loved the, but look at that dog. How do you not love that? Well, so what other options does the law uh, force you to offer them? I don't know what the law forces me to offer them. Um, but I really? do know. I know, but I do know. Are that, you a breeder? Yes, I am. How long have you been a breeder? Well, a couple of years. All right, let me see your contract with them. By the time they call you, has a surgery happened or no? No, not at that time. It hasn't Okay, happened. and then do they call you after surgery happens and ask for help? No, they, they actually don't call me after the surgery happens. Um, okay, now what, you have a very different, uh, according to you guys, you called and wouldn't get an answer back. We called the first time um, to let spoke him know him? about it, correct? And then we called the second time after I spoke to the doctor. And that's when we agreed that uh, he would give us half of the money back. Um, that was a conversation that took place. And then two days later is when I think we received an email from him where he said he wasn't going to give us half, but he would give us a thousand. Um, and if he didn't hear anything, he was gonna put it in the mail, put the check in the mail, and I said that's okay. And then we never saw it, so I contacted him a third time. And I said, hi, you know, where's the check? And he said, oh, I didn't get to it, or my cleaning lady took it, cleaning out. Lady took it out, and I didn't get a chance to put it in the mail. Uh, what's all that about? Um, it got put in the mailbox, and then my... Oh, so you... Wait, 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 back up. So you did agree to reimburse <clears throat> them something? Based on them providing me quotes from the vet, 
I was supposed to receive three different quotes from their vet, from their specialists, and another veterinarian. I would, as it says in my agreement, I would look at those veterinarian quotes, but they never sent them to me. Okay, what is better, a purebred or a rescue mutt? I would say a rescued mutt. Because? It's Gotta have a reason. Because they're cuter and they're smarter and you have to help the animals out. They need help. They need a home. Well, the last the last element I'll buy. You're nodding no. No. Purebred dogs because you know what you're you know what you're gonna get. You know what kind of diseases they have, what kind of uh, you know But some of them get inbred because they are they're so Yeah, absolutely, but that's the risk you take, but you don't know what you're getting when you're getting the Who wants to be the tiebreaker? Who's the tiebreaker? <laughs> I think a rescue mutt just because you'll feel good. You're helping a doggy find a good family. There's so many dogs that are being killed every day, so why not help one? I'm going with rescue mutt, going inside the courtroom. He says he never got the quotes from you. Did you send them? We were never asked for quotes. Why wouldn't he ask you for quotes? I would imagine he would like to see proof of what you're saying. Why would he take your word for it and send you $1,000? We sent a photo. Well, actually, wait, that is what you did. Without having quotes, you supposedly sent them $1,000. When we had our so second... So forgive me. No. Who, who would do that? Oh, you would, but what happened? In our second yeah. conversation... <laughs> in our second conversation, Judge, it was clear that they did not calm down. Um, they had told me they had received estimates of between $1,200 and $1,500. I said, ironically, I've had time to speak to my specialists and my vets, um, and they, I got quotes anywhere from three dollars to $500, granted, without seeing the dog, but it's a very common procedure. Um, and so I was like, I need to see those. And he's like, well, I, I need to get this procedure done immediately. Um, it's, it's damaging his mouth. I said, look, okay, so I'm going to go in good faith. So did you write a check, yes or no? On, no, no, on, I need you to move on here. Did you write a check, yes or no? In good faith, yes, based on them sending me the estimates. Uh, but they, no. And you, did you write a check before receiving estimates? Yes. Okay. What happened to that check? It got brought back in the house. By? By my cleaning lady. So then why didn't you mail it out again when you saw because it? Because I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, as, the, as, as the plaintiff was pointing out, I was in a hurry. I was traveling. I was away. Okay. And so when I so got my, to my office... So then you come back and then you decide I'm not sending them anything. They never sent the quotes to me. And they were like very anxious to get this done because their veterinarian had told me, you have to get it done. It's puncturing the roof of the mouth. And um, I was hoping by the time our second conversation would have arose, they would have learned a little bit that you can do. Uh, you can, there are different remedies. There are things you can file the teeth down and allow the dog's jaw to grow. There is a baby. It's seven and a half weeks old. Um, it can grow into their, into their mouth, can grow continually up until about 10 months. Um, I didn't want right, to but rush also, to See, they're to being surgery. told by the vet, and this is what the vet is writing down, that a severe overbite causes a lot of problems, such as... Sloppy eating and drinking, in some cases the potential for fistula formation, holes into the sinus, discomfort, holes in the roof of the mouth, and chronic sinus infection. Okay. So what are they supposed well, to do, well, say, well, to the vet no, and, you know what I mean? No, no, Your Honor, but they should get other, other estimates and other quotes and other insight. Um, unfortunately, doctors are in business as well. And I'm just saying that the That's the true three, of every doctor. The, the three things that you had mentioned were all indicating the teeth puncturing the roof of the mouth. If you file the teeth down, that does not happen. You don't rush to surgery, don't rush to extraction. It's a baby. You allow it to develop. When the dog develops, it may grow out of that. And why have surgery? Now, if surgery is then needed, fine. Then you take the necessary steps. But they were rushing, rushing, rushing. I got to get this done. No. Um, all right, let's talk about um, what happens here. Because I have to tell you, I am <laughs> a surgery averse. And I have to tell you, if it had been me, I might try the filing first before the removing. But I understand that you're in a position where you're listening to professionals say, they gotta be removed, they gotta be removed. You know, so I, I do understand what you're saying when you say, oh, there's a rush, there's a rush. All right, 
I'm not sure that there's a rush, but there's certainly medical testimony here that is uncontroverted that says, you know, listen, this is necessary now, and this is going to be necessary later. Um, this is to certify that Juno... Did you name the dog? <laughs> no, ma'am. Oh, I was going to say, because everybody's calling the dog Juno. What, so you don't name your dogs? My children do, but not right. good, it's not a good thing to do. No, right. Yeah, you name them, then you can't eat them. That's what my pig farmer boyfriend used to say in, <laughs> in law school. Don't name the thing, then you can't eat it. All right. Um, <laughs> wow, that was a flashback. Oh, okay. so why is tooth-shortening therapy $2,500? Because they have to fill the pulp uh, so they don't get rot into their uh, nerves. Did you ever see a second specialist? No, Your Honor. We have not. Because 2500 doesn't 2500 sound kind of hefty to you? Correct. Yeah. You know what? This seems ridiculous. I mean, that, that price just seems really, really high to me. $3,000 to shave down the adult teeth. And I just, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be that much. But uh, a good guide for me is what it is that you were willing to settle for. Of course, that was what you were willing to settle for. Now you've had to come to court to extract it as it were. All right, so 700 was what you're out in terms of the surgery, and I'm going to award an additional 500 for any dental work that needs to be done now that the adult teeth are in for a total of $1,200 verdict for the plaintiff. Well, the plaintiff is awarded $1,200. Mr. Borelli, what do you think about this? No good deed goes unpunished. Um, I made a uh, good faith offer to kind of cover some of the costs yes, and predicated on getting some uh, quotes back. And it turns out they ended up having the procedure done that ended up uh, being before I sent them the money. And they wouldn't even tell me what the procedure cost was until after the fact. They were just looking to get the money. So can't, can't uh... What about the other pups in the litter? Any of the others have any problem like None this, of them, to your knowledge? Never. I stay in touch with all of my, yeah. my clients. They post their pictures on my website. Uh, I've never had this problem before. So, again, I didn't want to rush to, to, to surgery for and a little baby. Interestingly, you offered to change the dog. Correct. But they, Correct. they didn't want to do that. No, it was, I mean. uh, you know. I give them the option to replace okay. it. Like well, I'm you supposed did what to you do. could do. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, okay. Twelve hundred dollars. That's what the judges decided. Mr. and Ms. Granite are on their way out of the courtroom. You know, I'll compliment you one thing. Juno has been an excellent witness in this courtroom. Absolutely. What a well-behaved dog. <laughs> How do you feel about the outcome of the case now at this point? Well, our biggest decision was on her well-being. So. This is going to help pay for her next surgery. We're happy with that. You are going to go through with, with falling the teeth out. I guess yeah. if you'd gotten another estimate, maybe, and, you know, it had stood up, you would, you would have gotten more money, maybe. If, do you think Possibly. you can get Possibly. the surgery done for the, you know... For a little bit cheaper? A little bit cheaper. Maybe. maybe. Bottom line is, you didn't want to get rid of the dog. You no. fell in love with it right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is we she a sweet dog? Uh, she is. She's awesome. Awesome, awesome dog? Yeah, we're very happy. Very happy that she's with us. Well, good luck. All right. Thank I hope, hope everything works out fine with her teeth. And uh, take care of her. Thank okay? you. You're Thank very, you. very welcome. Harvey, every dog lover can appreciate a case like this. What do you think? Okay, Doug, there are laws that protect consumers who buy from breeders. The laws, however, vary from state to state. You can go online, check your state, see what the law is. Easy to do. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Joy. She says she purchased a car from the defendants. And as it turns out, the serpentine belt was shot and she needed to buy a new one. A few days later, the transmission blew, and she feels she was hoodwinked by the defendants, who sold her a lemon. She understands she bought a used car, but it broke down after only 20 days. And that's just not right. She's suing for $2,092.56 for her much-needed repairs.
These are the defendants, Melissa and George. Melissa says they sold the plaintiff a car with 185,000 miles on it. The plaintiff is still driving it, and there's no way they're going to pay for this wacky lady's repairs because they gave no warranties. In fact, the Lemon Law protects them because this car has a lot of miles, and the plaintiff knew what she was getting into when she bought it and drove it away. They're accused of handing off a hoopty. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he bought a car from the defendant. It only take a few days for the transmission to blow. But the defendant says it had 185,000 miles. The guy paid 1,600 bucks. So what does he expect? It's the case of hoop de doo Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, man. Joy, you are suing Melissa and George's company for $2,092.56 that you say it's going to cost you to get the car they sold you up to speed. Tell me what happened. Um, I purchased the car on, I think it was February 8th. Mm -hmm. um, George advised me that his wife had been driving the car. There was no issues with it. There was a check engine light on, but he couldn't figure out why. Um, he said that he would take it to his guy, have it repaired. I gave him a deposit that day. I came back. The check engine light was off, and um, maybe two to three days later, the check engine light came back on, and I took it to a mechanic, and um, they told me it was like a serpentine belt, a pulley, and spark plugs, and I think an ignition control, um, which I had replaced. Another week and a half later, the car starts jerking when it's changing gears, and then I'm on my way to drop my children off to school, and the transmission light comes on. And I text him a picture of it, and I'm like, well, there goes the transmission. And he's like, well, are you able to drive it? I said, yes, but it won't move from first gear. And he says, well, I'll see if I can get you a discount on it. And um, got back to me later and said that it would be $1,695 to replace the transmission. Um, so I have a friend who's in the auto industry, and he got me a cost for $1,595. And that's what happened. The car wouldn't move. So you want him to pay for your transmission? Well, the car was purchased. It was 20 days later that the right. transmission. Can I see the paperwork from your sale and see what kind of warranty you had? Who is it you dealt with, him or her, or both of them? I dealt with both of them. Okay. Um, when discussing the car itself, I dealt with George. When completing the paperwork, I dealt with his wife. How did you come into possession of this vehicle? I buy him at auctions. You buy the vehicles at auction and then you sell them. And you sell them under the company name of the yes. company that you folks run. What kind of business does your company do? We auto repair shop. Auto repair shop. Was there a, uh, is this all the paperwork you have? Um, other than my receipts from the repairs, yes. Okay. Um, what warranty did you have? This is a car that has over 100,000 miles. And in the state of New York, they, a dealer doesn't have to give you a warranty when it's over 100,000 miles. I understand that. Um, there was no warranty. But sometimes dealers do. Did this dealer give you a warranty? There was no warranty discussed whatsoever. Okay. Like whether or not any parts. It was just verbal that the car was in good working condition and he'd right. been using it and his wife had been using it. Um, let me hear from you. Okay, so she came in on the 8th, she purchased the car. We had it inspected, everything passed and went through. You had it inspected on the day that you sold it? Yes. By whom? Uh, inspect, uh, auto mechanic shop. 
that does Yourselves or somebody no. else? Oh, okay. No. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> we don't do inspections. And then he had notified me that she had messaged him that there were some issues. But this was way before she said there was a problem with the transmission. So um, I said, okay, did she call? Is she make an appointment to come in? Because he would definitely take a look at it. So we didn't hear anything back. Then she messaged him, letting him know that something was wrong with the transmission and she wanted him to pay for it. So he said, I can give you $200 back and I'll get you a discount. And she said, that's peanuts. You know, we'll see what the court has to say because it has 160,000 miles on it. And within that month, we don't know what could have happened. Okay, 195,000 miles, 1,600 bucks. Does the guy have a right to expect a car in proper working condition? Uh, I think if you're buying a car, it's kind of your responsibility to get it checked out a little bit and you know make sure that you know you go take it to a. Uh, okay, I mean, fair point. But do you have a right to expect that it's going to work okay? Yeah. Uh, you never know how it's going to work, so it's actually your chance that you have to take. If you want to take that chance and buy that cheap car, then that sucks for you. But I mean, I get it. But I mean, can you possibly expect a car with that kind of mileage? for 1600 bucks to work. I feel like you would hope to because it's cheap and you want it, but I don't think that's... Uh, and when you start a sentence with hope, it ain't going to end well, yeah. going inside the courtroom. Clearly, this is going to come as a shock to you, but when you don't have a warranty, you don't have a warranty. And so if you drove off and six feet from their place, it broke down, you would have no recourse. An as-is sale is an as-is sale. And unless there's a warranty, it's just a used car as-is sale is what it is with no warranty. Um, and the state of New York gives, gives you some protection, mm -hmm. as many states do. They require dealers, no, you know what, if it's this to this many miles, then you've got to give a 30-day warranty. If it's this to this many miles, a 90-day warranty. But if it's over 100, it's all just, you know, it's, it's luck or bad luck or good luck. Um, so I'm sorry, but you have no recourse in this. Do you watch people's court? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, okay. So you've yes, seen do. me do this before. Yes, I have seen you do it. Don't get me wrong. What do you and think is different about your case? Well, I don't think that it's different, but I know that there are consumer laws that state that these things, when stuff like this happens, they're Th supposed This is to exactly be what the consumer law says in your case. Over 100? Nada. But there are other laws that do protect what? consumers. What? So point, point to one There's, that... I think it's UCC 50-1. Mm -hmm. I believe it has to be in usable condition. It was not in usable condition condition okay. if there's no transmission. What is the day that you bought it? I bought it on February 8th. What is the day that you discovered that you would need a new transmission? The 28th. Okay, it has to be in you it has to be it has to be what it purports to be the day of sale, mm -hmm. February 8th. And what happens thereafter, they are not responsible for. That's the law. My hands are tied. My verdict is for the defendants. So a tough lesson for the plaintiff as she comes out of the courtroom. The defendants prevail. Obviously, you didn't have a, anything to stand on there. No, not really. I mean, just in good faith, you shouldn't really sell someone with a damaged transmission. Well, you know, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. You know, I think everybody does because mm -hmm. nobody wants to see you. Weren't you uneasy about buying a car with 160-some thousand miles I on was. It? I just needed something as a temporary, hoping that it would last six months to a year. And he advised me that the car was in perfect running condition. There well, was no issues with it. Obviously, you got taken. Yeah, everyone has their cross to bear. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Officer McIntosh has a few documents for you. Here come the defendants out of the courtroom. She really thinks you hoodwinked her. Uh, how, no. how do you respond to that? We actually yeah. wanted to help her, and yeah. we didn't have to. Yeah. There's we no way for me to know transmission's going to go. 
and we offered her $200 plus a discount, and she refused it, well, which is something we did not have to do, but we did. Okay. Well, you're in the right here. No problem either. Okay. Thank you very much. Harvey? You know, everybody thinks that when somebody offers a warranty, it's take it or leave it. You can still negotiate a warranty. If somebody you're buying a car from says, I'm not going to give you a warranty, you say, I'm not going to buy the car unless you give me 30 days, and you figure it out and you negotiate, but you can negotiate warranties. Don't text and drive. The People's Court is a Ralph Edwards Stubillet production.